Good morning. Good morning. Just one more time. Good morning. Hey, there we go. There we go. How are we? Are we well? Who uh, who got a little bit sunburnt maybe yesterday? Any Anyone? A little bit of sunburn? There's a few around. Uh, look, isn't it nice that the sun was out yesterday? We were just thinking a week ago we had all that rain, weather. What a thing to talk about together. All right. Well, I am glad that you are here this morning. I'm glad that we get to be together. We got to sing some ca- Who was excited that we actually got to sing carols together this morning? Uh, all right. Does anyone love board games in the room? Any board game lovers? Give me a wave. Any, uh, anyone who thinks board games are boring? Anyone? Oh, there's a few. There's a few. Okay. Uh, what are some of your favourite board games? Call, call a couple out. Scotland Yard. Yeah, it was fun. There's this game called Scotland Yard that was really fun. What, Josh? Checkers. Love some checkers. Yeah, it's a classic. Sequence. That's a good game. Is that the game that I said that I'll never, ever play again? Yeah. Susie beat me six times in a row, and I said, that's it. I'm never playing again. Uh, Any other board games? Favourites? Risk, Scrabble. Anyone like Monopoly? Carvel? Eh. I like cheating at Monopoly. I don't like really playing it. Uh, all right, what about card games? Does anyone like card games? Like, love sitting around playing card games? Oh, I love. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with board games and card games. I like a game that requires, like, some skill and strategy and logic, and I hate luck games. Yeah, anybody else like that? I'm not a fan of luck games. Uh, I'd prefer to play a game where you can actually, you know, you have a chance of winning uh, if you've got a brain. I like that. Uh, I really enjoy, yeah, those strategic games. I remember falling in love. Well, actually, I remember learning a game called 500. It's a card game. Anyone played 500? Learning a card game with Susie's family and falling in love with this game. Uh, mainly because of Susie's Popper, who I played with. And it was quite amazing because it was kind of like Popper was two steps ahead of everyone else at the table. He knew what was going to happen in the next hand. In fact, I was playing with him. He was my partner, 500 you play kind of partners. And, uh, and I can tell you before the hand was dealt, before you even, he had his card out ready to play. He knew what he was going to play. He had already foreseen what was going to happen. It was just like, it was almost unfair to play with Popper. He would make outrageous claims at the start of the game as to how many hands he'd win, but he always knew he was two steps ahead. Um, does anybody like chess? Is there any chess players in the room? A couple? I heard Sam, Sam used to be part of a chess club or something, some championship. Levi, my son Levi loves chess. And look, I'll tell you, I'm not very good at chess, but I love the idea of chess. Chess is a game where you're not thinking about just that move, right? You are thinking about the next two moves, maybe even more ahead where you need to get to. It's actually one of the reasons why I love the NFL. Now, I know, hear me out. We move from board games to to NFL. But does anybody ever watch the NFL? It might look like two teams just running and colliding together. But again, it's like 
play calls. How are you two steps ahead of your opponent? Anyway, all of that to say, Christmas is a great time to play board games, isn't it? Yeah? Christmas, you got family together, get out the cards, play some games together. I can't wait for Christmas Day or Boxing Day to, to maybe play a game or two. Um, this morning, we are continuing to look at Christmas because we're a week away. Can you believe it? One week away from Christmas. Uh, and we're going to be looking this morning at Luke's account of Jesus' birth. So, Nath, can you bring up the scripture for us? We've got... Uh, 20 verses to get through, but it's a, it's a great 20 verses. So let's look. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Let's pray and, and kind of look at this together. God, we just thank you because you are so good. God, we thank you for, for Christmas. We thank you for all the things surrounding Christmas, family and, and food and songs. Um, but Holy Spirit, in this moment, we ask... Uh, that you bring to us again afresh uh, the good news of your plan of redemption and rescue for this world. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're with us, that you minister to us, that you always point us to truth and to Jesus. Um, we pray that you might do that here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So most of us know this story. This is, you know, part of the nativity scene. Uh, we know this account from Luke what I want to do is just quickly 
get a little bit of context what happened just before this story. Is that okay, everybody? Give me a thumbs up. I'm just making sure that everyone's, everyone's good. I don't know about you, but I feel tired. Anyone else kind of tired? Who's excited, though, that maybe the next couple of weeks there might be some time to just rest? No? Yeah? Maybe after Christmas? Anyone excited for Boxing Day? All right. Uh, we hear this story. The start of the gospel accounts, this is in Luke 2. It's pretty, pretty close to the start of Luke's uh, gospel. There has just been uh, a time which they call the silent years. 400 years the Jewish people had, uh, had not heard a voice from a prophet. Uh, it's kind of what we call the intertestamental period because it's in between the Old and New Testament. But... We call them the silent years. And during these 400 years, the Israelites hadn't had a direct message from God. They were kind of, yeah, that's why we call them the silent years. But they had also been through some turmoil as a people. They had been under the rule of the Persians in those 400 years. They had been under the rule of the Greeks. And now they found themselves under the rule of the Romans. We heard and we saw a name just before. The Roman emperor at the time was Caesar Augustus. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Caesar Augustus. He was the heir to Julius Caesar, who I'm sure we've, we've all heard of Julius Caesar. He was actually, uh, Julius Caesar was his great uncle who adopted Augustus um, as his own. Now, for the Romans, Augustus was a great emperor. He was a great leader for the Romans. He increased their, their territory as an empire, which even included Egypt. He had gone into Egypt, which of course happened through great military might at the time of the Romans. The Roman roads, these, these, these famous roads that the Romans had built, had happened under Caesar Augustus. In the eyes of the Romans, he was a great leader. In fact, so much so, he wasn't just the head of the state, but he was also seen as almost a god. His nickname, actually, which probably he gave himself, was Caesar Augustus, son of God. He really thought of himself pretty highly, as well as his people, because he had done great things. But for the Jewish people, the story was different than the Romans. Augustus was not fav favourable for the Jews. He had placed huge taxes on the Jewish people. He, he was known for violence. And if there had ever been an insurrection or, or a rebellion, he was known to act with tremendous violence. There's a story of him crucifying 2,000 Jews quite close to Nazareth. Um, in his time. It was a tough time for the Jewish people. And can I tell you, the Jews, they were waiting. They were waiting. You see, about 700 years before we, we jump into Luke's uh, gospel, Isaiah had prophesied about a coming Messiah who would rescue them from their oppressors, who would bring peace who would make his people again right with God, who would restore the world. Isaiah 9.6 
talks about this and it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. Now, when we read peace, I think a lot of us think peace is kind of the absence of turmoil. But, but the word peace in this is shalom. Peace, shalom. And shalom actually means less, means more than just an absence of turmoil. It actually means wholeness, bringing back a restoration, everything in its right place. His government and its peace, his wholeness will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. So that was Isaiah's prophecy 700 years before. So the Jews who were under Caesar Augustus at this time, they were waiting. They were waiting for someone to be able to rescue them from the oppressors that they faced. And can I tell you, they were expecting a king. They were expecting someone to show up with power and might. They were expecting a Messiah who would come and conquer their enemies and who would establish his kingdom and reign in the area. But we see in this story, a story that is quite familiar to us, but the Messiah doesn't show up in the way that they were expecting at all, right? Instead, in the Christmas account, we see humble beginnings, don't we? Not the flashy flashy cosmic event of a, of a king coming in on his horse. He wasn't even born into a rich and powerful family. Uh, sure, he had a royal lineage. We see that, that Joseph was related to David. But he wasn't born into royalty, right? Jesus' birth wasn't announced by man with a, with a trumpet blast and, and fanfare to the masses. It wasn't, didn't come with parades down the street. But instead, we see Jesus' birth announced to a group of shepherds. Now, interestingly, who, who loves a nativity scene? Who loves a nativity play? Anyone been to a, who knows that you get a shepherd and you make sure they've got a beard and they've got a crook, right? Yeah. Uh, can I tell you, we probably have a little bit of a wrong picture as to what a shepherd was. Uh, again, Middle Eastern shepherds at that time were young boys and girls. We, you know, remember we see in the account of King David, King David was out tending the sheep. He was the youngest in his family. That was actually usually the job of the youngest in the family. So instead of seeing a big fanfare and parade down the street to announce to the whole kingdom that the king had been born, the Messiah had been born, we see angels appear. I can tell you that's pretty cool. But to a group of kids... To a group of young boys and girls who were just watching the sheep overnight. And that's the humble beginnings of this incredible story. I, I love, I love that those angels announce it to just a bunch of kids in a field, right? That's such a special thing. And we find a baby, right? At the end of this story, 
whose bed was a manger. Now, we romanticise manger, don't we? Like away in a manger. I, I think we associate a manger with, with Jesus now. But we are talking about a food trough. Yeah? Maybe next time we sing away in a manger, we sing away in a food trough. Yeah? Uh, a food trough for animals. Because his family had struggled to find somewhere to stay. Like I've said already, we've definitely romanticized the Christmas story. It's, we know it really well. It's still pretty cool. There's angels in it, and, and that's, that's kind of exciting and great. But actually, it's a very humble story, isn't it? It's a humble story, a very different scenario than what the Jews were expecting and what the Jews were waiting for. And can I tell you right now that it's, it's good news for us that God chose a different solution than the one that the Jews were waiting for. It's, a good, it's good news for us right here today, 2,000 plus years later. God's plan was so much more than just overthrowing earthly kingdoms for one people group. He had a plan to restore all people, right? If the Jews, what they were waiting for happened, then Israel would have been secured and they would have had a kingdom that probably would keep on reigning. But for us, we may not have been part of that plan. He had, God had a plan for all people. Who knows sometimes our expectations are that God will show up in a certain way. Are you a bit like that? Sometimes we have these expectations on God that he's going to show up in a certain way. Maybe sometimes that's in a big miracle, in a loud voice or a, or a trumpet blast. Maybe sometimes we expect or we're waiting for God to, to turn up with might and power in, in the flashy miracle. Now, I want to tell you this morning, we have a God who can do that. Oh, you know, we have a God who can do anything, and I believe He can turn up in those miracles. He can turn up in the flesh. Instant healing, transformation. But this morning, I want us to trust God on another level. Is that okay? Trust God on a different level. I want the Holy Spirit this morning to build our faith even more. Are you wanting that? I believe God listens to our prayer, right? I believe He hears the cries of our heart. And maybe, just maybe, instead of us getting what we ask for, maybe our God is so good that He is a couple of steps ahead of us. Working a much bigger plan than we could ever realise or imagine. This morning, do we trust that God may have a better solution than we could ever dream of. Now, I want you to be assured in this. We have a God whose plan is resurrection and redemption. Amen? Resurrection and redemption. But this morning, it may not necessarily be in the way that we think He should do it. I don't want to discourage you in our meeting together, from asking God and praying big prayers. I believe that we should 
pray bigger prayers. Far from it, right? Bigger the better when it comes to praying. But this morning, my message is simple. I want us to remember that God is God. And He actually knows better. And He is working a plan that may be far beyond what you are expecting or waiting for. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your prayers have been this year. But I want to tell you this Christmas, don't be discouraged if you haven't seen the miraculous answer to prayer. I want you to know that God is working on another level. He may be a step or two ahead. You may see God show up. And it might be in the most humble way, but, but I love the words that we sing in the song, uh, Waymaker. Does anyone know the, the song Waymaker? And we sing these words, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're, you're working. We have a God who is good, don't we? And we have expectations. We may be waiting for that, that big miracle and might be, just be our expectations, our, our vision. But I want to assure you this Christmas, as we look at the Christmas story again, God has it in His hand. His plan, like I said, maybe two or three steps ahead of yours. And He is working. Don't give up on praying. Pray the big prayers. But can we take comfort in the fact that God is working? Can we take comfort in that today? Can we trust God on this other level? Can we put our hope in Him that me, He might even have a better plan than what we've been asking for? The Jews wanted a conquering king for Israel, but instead God gave all the world an opportunity for salvation through His Son, Jesus. God is working all things together for our good, for those who believe in Him. Does that give you hope this Christmas? Man, we live in a pretty instant world, don't we? I see things that I want and I get on Amazon and I can sometimes have it that day. How crazy is that? Who knows that I don't always have the best ideas though? We have a God who has infinite wisdom, who, who knows everything, who has created the whole universe. Who knows that we can trust in our God? This Christmas, as we look at the story again, as you look at the story, as we sing carols, I just want to remind you again to have that hope and that faith in God on another level. might not be exactly what you're planned in your mind, but we have a God who is working. Pray the big prayers. Can I pray? Yeah, let's pray. God, you are so good. We thank you for the Christmas story. We thank you that, God, you didn't come in the way that, uh, that the people were wanting, but that you came in the way that had eternal consequences for the whole world. 
We thank you for your rescue plan. We thank you for uh, that outrageous plan of coming to earth, of putting on flesh and living in the neighbourhood. We thank you that we have an example in you, Jesus, as to how to live. We thank you for your salvation and your rescue plan. God, in, a, in this season, as we approach the end of the year, as we kind of reflect on the year, as we reflect on you know, maybe some of the prayers we've prayed this year, I ask Holy Spirit that you inject new hope, new faith. Help us to pray the big prayers, but also help us to trust that you are God and that we are not, that your plans are best. As we leave here today, God, I thank you that we are sent people, that we are messengers of your good news. And just ask again, Holy Spirit, that you empower us this week. God, we, um, we thank you that there is a place for all of us, that you speak to all of us, God. You, you even announced your arrival to a group of children. And we just thank you that you speak to us regularly, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for who you are, for your plan, and that you are always working. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, we have Christmas Eve service next week. How crazy is that? Uh, can I ask, you might want to invite neighbours. You may want to invite family. Uh, we'd be great. We'll have a great time together where we look through the, the Christmas story together. We'll sing some, some carols. Um, also a great opportunity for us to catch up and wish each other a, a Merry Christmas. Uh, if anyone's looking for gifts for me, I, I really like gift cards. They're good. <laughs> or, or just cash. Cash is good too. I don't mind cash. Uh, please have a great week. Yeah, don't get, don't get too busy this week that you miss the miracle of Christmas. Know that God is working for our good together. Bless you this week. Enjoy your company with each other right now. Have another coffee. Ice lattes are on today, by the way. We've got some ice. Get, get an ice latte. Bless you. Have a great week.